what does sustainability you know mean to the Beko brand and and why is it such an important part of the the company's DNA? We are people of consumption. We buy something, we use it, and we consume it. We throw it away. We are only given this environment where eight billion people globally. So we every manufacturer, every brand owner have to do their own part. Welcome to the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. One of my favorite parts about being able to tell the stories, the, the backstories of all the brands, the, the retailers, the vendor partners, the industry partners that we work with is that uh, we really get to dive into some unique angles into how they do business or uh, you know what makes them different from others in their space and um, what sets them apart from others in the industry. And today we get to do that with Beko and Sazi Bugai, VP of product management for Beko uh, here in North America. It's a, a brand that you know is several decades old, um, has a parent company, Archilic, that is based out of Turkey and um, make they're big in the appliance space, especially in Europe and you know new and kind of growing in the US market. But one that has probably one of uh, my favorite you know sort of backstories and, and corporate cultures uh, that you'd find in the appliance space and has everything to do with sort of how they have built themselves as this this just incredible company that that works on the idea of innovating around sustainability and also making consumers lives uh, more convenient so they they've got this healthy message and a, a simplicity message that really comes together and creates really cool products but also just a, an awesome commitment to the environment and helping people and and making lives and you know like they say more convenient and healthier uh, and we dive into that with Sazi and you know, learn why it's such an important part of the brand and how they've built that culture over time and, and used it to not only help sell their products, but uh, get retailers to buy in and, and you know, push their message and uh, everything that they're doing as a brand for uh, the, the appliance industry and, and the consumers out there. So a uh, really cool story, one that I've been following for a number of years now and am excited to have here on the podcast. So let's dive into it. This is Sazi Bugai of Beko here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast and uh, real excited today. Um, a brand that, you know, I, I go back to, I knew the Beko brand, um, but my my real interest and excitement around everything you guys have going on uh, dates back to a, a chance meeting in Berlin at a show called IFA and a wonderful keynote that we'll, we'll get diving into it in a little bit here, but we're, we'll are we bring it to today. And, and Sazi Bugai, VP of Product Management for Beko U.S., Appreciate you uh, coming on, you know, representing the Beko brand here and uh, doing a podcast with us. Rob, thanks for having me. It's great to join you and then um, I'm going walk to walk through everything that you were interested in. So <laughs> yeah. get on. Well, it's a great brand and, and one that, um, you know, I, I just, I think to sort of the, the message you guys have of sustainability and, and like I'm, I'm jumping ahead and, um, you know, just exciting to see sort of how that like really flows through everything you do from the product side to just the, the corporate sort of mission and everything. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know the Beko brand, you're going to get to know them today. So strap in. It's going to be a fun one. But before we get into all that, I'm going to pump the brakes on my own excitement, try to keep myself contained here. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let let our audience know you know who Sazi Bugai is and, and your background and, and path through this industry. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Well, um, I'm so far a 28-year veteran of the industry. 
um, uh, started off with the uh, washing machine plant of the company. Um, after uh, different various uh, roles at the plant, and so the planning, production, all the different uh, areas, all, also the the liaison on to the uh, central headquarters, I moved back to um, HQ um, uh, about eight years after I started to the product management and um, global product management side of the business. Then we uh, were developing, at that time we were maybe five or six plants. Now we have come up to a place that we have 30 production locations around globally. And then um, of course, when the Globins, uh, when everything is growing and um, uh, we focused our eye on North America and we wanted to also invest in and then uh, look for the opportunities. And back in 2006, when we decided to invest in the U.S., um, an opportunity came and I found myself um, here developing our other brand um, for multifamily uh, operations through our distributors. And uh, years went by. Um, in 2015, um, company decided after the development of the company's uh, products here in the U.S., um, uh, we decided to form a, a North American headquarters um, here in the U.S. and we chose uh, Chicagoland to be a site to, to be in the middle of the action. So since 2016 uh, May, uh, Beko US has been formed, and uh, since then um, I'm in the Chicagoland and running at the headquarters and um, enjoying the product life and enjoying developing products and innovative products for North America to be different than the competition, um, especially on the sustainability, energy and usefulness technology useful technologies uh, bringing to the northern to the to the market oh, well, you picked a cold market to sit in at least in the winter you know it's got all four seasons that's for sure so yeah, i know we're here what mid-november as, as this podcast publishes so are you bracing for yeah. winter winter is coming um, no complaints <laughs> no complaints uh you know all my life i've been to in a colder temperature so i think i'm better in the colder temperatures than a warmer so far <laughs> I love it. Well, you mentioned the 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 expansion into the U.S. For those that don't know, the Becco brand, uh, Archulic parent company based out of time. Talk about the you know the the parent yes. brand and and all that. Archulic Archulic is a global uh, uh, manufacturer um, of appliances um, based in Istanbul, Turkey. Um, um, again, um, in the globalization and then owns a number of brands. Beko is the number one brand that is owned by the company and globally um, being sold at 130 plus countries. Um, also, we own a couple of German brands. Uh, Grundig is our another brand that we put position higher than Beko in Europe, um, which doesn't exist here yet so far in the US. And globally, we also own Hitachi uh, brand out from the uh, uh, from Far East on the Asia Pacific zone. So we own all um, uh, Hitachi branded product production and product distribution outside of Japan. And um, also we have operations in South Africa um, and uh, various places, Europe, Asia, India, and um, globally expanding where we could do uh, as much as possible. How, what's it like, you know, you talk about the, the move over into the North American market. Um, obviously you guys, I, as you're doing that, there's a lot to consider and things like that. You know, what, What's the adjustment been like, or how? I guess really, what I, I'm I'm curious, how different is the appliance market here in the U.S. compared to you know internationally or, or Europe? You know? Well, first of all, I have to say everything is bigger. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yep. is the, this is the main thing. So, um, whomever eyes on the in the North American markets uh, from Europe or from other parts of the world, the appliances are bigger. The needs are different. The cultural um, use of appliances are um, actually totally different. Of course, voltage is different, and also regulatory burden is so different than Europe. Um, uh, and then within the U.S., it's also different. The West Coast, East Coast, South and West, everything is different. <laughs> so you have to really adjust and know, learn, and go throughout the country. And I don't, I don't know whether it's okay to say, but I traveled a lot in the U.S. to understand, uh, went into homes to understand differently how consumers are uh, behaving and how they're interacting with the appliances. Yeah. As another, as an example, for example. Uh, um, uh, well, the Northeast and the Pacific Northwest is very high on electricity, but in in down and down and south, you know, they you literally cannot really find. If you're you need to have that 36 inch range, 30 48 inch range. You have to have those sizes because the homes are big over there. Yeah. Um, however, one thing is common is um, the needs of the people don't change. The way that we live almost differs. However. Um, uh, the major thing is here the frozen um, uh, goods or frozen food, how much U.S. is consuming compared to Europe. The other thing is actually the ice, the ice making and cultural ice culture here is unbelievably. So um, really, in order to be in the marketplace, you have to really solve this ice, ice equation. Yeah. And it's very difficult for um, a country that does have maybe one or two cubes of ice in a in a in a bottle or in a in a glass when you ask for it. So the <laughs> yeah. understanding here much different. So, but we have adjusted. That's why we came forward and then we learned about the market. And then when we were ready, we decided to put Beko in. And Beko was introduced in 2016 with full product lineup. So we didn't just come with just cooking. We didn't come with just uh, refrigeration. So it was it was the time and then necessary investments were, of course, previously approved um, uh, before we arrive. Well, as we go by, lots to learn, you know, um, entering the country from the East Coast doesn't mean that, you know, everything from the West Coast. So um, so a lot has passed. The company has evolved. And so far, we're happy with the developments. Um, um, we're bringing a lot more new products, more focused on sustainable and energy products products. And uh, we know that the energy crisis will not going to go away, the globalization. And at the end of, of that um, uh, energy need to run our lives will be so much different. And we need to understand the control of it. So um, it starts from, I believe, um, HVAC overall, because that's where we are breathing, um, we're living. But then our appliances also purposely should also um, help us to get to that level. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I, I think every, you guys are in a kind of unique position being relatively, you know, new, new to the North American market compared to a lot of other brands out there. But I think all brands are having to learn, right? You know, how, how, uh, you know, the consumer's changing priorities for the consumer are changing, um, and, and, you know, all of those things at once. And, uh, it's a, a lot to take into consideration, but, um, Correct. you know, that that's, it's resulted in some pretty cool innovations for you guys. So it's, I mean, from the time you've entered the market to, to today, is there anything that, you know, a, a product or, or a category maybe that you're sort of most proud to see how it's innovated over that time? 
Um, from our products, uh, product segments, of course, dishwashers and refrigerators are the main ones that I would like to um, uh, emphasize on. Um, not to mention, I'm not going to take off others because other innovation is coming on the other segments. However, when it comes to dishwashers, we know that how important it is for um, U.S. culture and also everybody has to have a definitely working dishwasher. But the needs here is time is important, temperature is important, sanitization is important, the cleanliness, the shininess, um, and they uh, all are important. While it is a closed box, everybody has taken granted that this is a dishwasher. It, it washes and dries. So um, by focused on some uh, different needs of the customers, we noticed that, you know, um, there's an improvement point on the uh, spray uh, spraying power, how we can manage the spray power, how we can put the water to different corners or all the way, all corners. So we came up with last year, this corner intense technology on our dishwashers actually sweeps um, the whole uh, bottom pan of the, um, and the bottom side of the dishwasher, rather than it's just circulating and then missing to the corners. So that's why we call it corner intense. Of course, with the corner intents, we brought in other features such as the um, uh, filter, automatic self-cleaning filter, which is actually uh, 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 not new, but actually it's not been used widely. And uh, ionizer, uh, we borrowed the idea from our refrigeration because we thought that we observed that many consumers having a single or two people homes, they don't use their dishwashers every day, but they keep their dishes uh, somehow dirty inside the dishwasher and they complain about the smell. So that's why we said, well, anytime that the customer opens the door, doesn't want to have, have the smell, there we have this choice of ionization so that it takes out all the smell ions, doesn't give any any um, harm to the consumer life and, and health, but it just takes the odors away and um, as long as the uh, cycle is activated. So we brought these features to our products um, on dishwashers. And in refrigeration, um, we have this one feature that we noticed that there's an unbelievable um, food waste here. We, we throw, throw away from our products, from our homes, from re our refrigerators. We leave them there. We uh, forget them that we bought. We overbuy it, overpurchase it. And because you go to a store, it may be once a week or once in every twice a week, two to two weeks. So that means um, some of the uh, vegetables and fruits are rottening. So we came up with this, um, developed with this uh, special uh, humidity controlled crisper with the sunlight um, uh, addition inside. We call it Everfresh Plus. That keeps the um, temperature constant and humidity uh, regulated so that the uh, uh, fruits and vegetables stay fresh up to 30 days. It's crazy. Well, first of all, the way you just... I went and, and talked about you look at a dishwasher from the consumer side of things and it, to your point it's that that appliance that sits there has dishes in it and they you know once we decide to run it we run it and they get clean but they it could sit there for a while but like the the level of detail and and how you're thinking about inside that space and how to innovate it and then obviously the the um you know in, in advancements on the refrigeration side so cool to to hear that um, from someone that is knowledgeable about the product side of things and, and seeing what you got to do. It's More unbelievable. To it's yeah, it's all, it's, it's so fun. cool. You know, we, we also tackle the ice issue mm -hmm. and I'm happy to say that we have one product that actually not one for a series of products that can have um, um, 
uh, tons of ice building. We noticed that people are going to either grocery stores or gas stations or 7-Elevens to get their 10-pound ba pound bags just to have uh, just before the party. So it was an inconvenience. Where do you put that ice? If the, if the bag is clean, we don't know, but we put it in our freezer with our other foods. So um, the aim was on the company. We said that when we are developing to North America, we have to have minimum 10, if not possible, 11 pounds per day ice making cap capability. Wow. So we kind of have that product in our French door productions or products. Uh, we're proud of it. It has been um, it's been tested and uh, it's really nice. And then sometimes we get calls. How can you slow it down? <laughs> well, we're thinking about that, too. But, you know, people that who love ice, that, that's coming up. So, <laughs> No, that's cool. It just goes to show that, they, you know, there's still, you know, obviously lots of ways to innovate in this industry and in the appliances space. And and you guys are doing it. And And for the, you know, listeners that have been paying attention, one of the things that they would notice is that, uh, one of the things that is obviously top of mind and a priority for the Beko brand, and, and I know it goes back to the parent company, but that that is sustainability and, and making sure you know that is front and center in not only what you do from the product side and, and how it helps the consumer at the end, but obviously throughout the process as well. So I want to I want to let you kind of dive into that and, and tell us you know what what does sustainability um, you know mean to the Beko brand and and why is it such an important part of the, the company's DNA? Certainly, certainly. Well, um, we, are, um, uh, uh, we are people of consumption. We buy something, we use it, and we consume it, we throw it away. Apparently, we don't get to talk, think about what's happening after we throw that part, parts away or, or, or the stuff away. So it starts from how you look at the world evolution, how you look at the... Um, the materials used, how we can use the resources much uh, better. And um, therefore, Archulic has switched to this um, sustainability uh, approach way many, many years ago by actually creating um, self-sufficient production locations so that we don't have to borrow energy or borrow water, borrow, um, you know, but purchase water from municipalities to produce our own products. So it starts from the production mentality. Then the design is very important. When I entered the company 28 years ago, we were designing back from container backwards. Now we're, we're starting from the carbon footprint. What carbon footprint is actually, we're not just talking or thinking about the size of the product. We're also thinking about how much the carbon emissions in the production as we use in the product and after life of the product when we send it to the recycle center or or dumpster so that has been and there's this is called um and in europe we call them carbon credits this carbon credit calculations are very important and in any any new investment um, we start with from these so the idea from engineers from thought process to the retailer from sales this is all connected having said that um uh, making our production locations and carbon neutral neutral was the first step. Um, I'm proud to work in a company that actually has full carbon neutral facilities. However, we're not done yet. Um, I, we have to make all of our processes, all of our um, uh, life cycle of the product as much as as carbon neutral as possible. So in doing so, uh, from the gas that you use in refrigerator, from the materials that you use in any appliance, it doesn't. It does have to be recyclable, upcyclable, or reusable, 
um, I call it returnable uh, uh, to uh, production centers in, in our home country have this recyclable uh, centers that without the brand, with any brand, we get these products, we recycle them, we separate them, we take the glass out and the glass is crushed and reused. The plastic is crushed and reused and metal is crushed and reused. So everything has been reused so that we give back to the environment. So that's a very important part of our life. It's in our DNA yeah. and also, also in our management system. We also look for KPIs based on this, how much we did. Um, very good example, um, actually two examples that I will tell you about. One of them is that we just launched, um, uh, actually we in introduced at KBIS last uh, this past year, and we just launched the uh, washer that is the it's top materials made of um, up to uh, 60 or 70 uh, water bottles that wow. we use, we throw away. Yeah. So there is a crushed material, there's a recycled material, plus there is the material from our water bottles that have been crushed and added in so that we can reuse that plastic to make it useful, of course, to some degree to our products. And um, another one is, um, this is going to be big in the US, is elimination of um, EPS, that is styrofoam. Mm -hmm. um, there's already uh, work is going on. Small domestic appliances have removed this, but large appliances have not. So I think that there's a big potential in front of us that if we can, if anybody, if all the industry can remove this um, uh, material from their packaging, it really will be, uh, everything will be 100% recyclable. And all of this is on, you're talking about the the product development side right now, which is, I if that's not impressive enough, I, I don't know what is, but it goes further too, because it, it goes into not only how these products are made and the manufacturing process and, and all that, the, the kit and caboodle over there, but then too, to what these products do. Right. So like the example that comes to mind and I, I referenced IFA earlier, um, you know, there, there was a conversation back. I think it was IFA 2019 um, when the, the the clothes washers, the the washing machine with the microplastic filters that was was talked about and introduced. And uh, it, it's it's what these products do, too. So the, there's the construction side, but also what they do in practice for the consumer and for the environment. And uh, talk about that a little bit, too. Yes, um, um, in, uh, thank you for um, you know reminding that. It's actually another uh, subject that we're working on as a whole company. Uh, microplastics or microfibers is not the result of the appliances um, uh, appliance problem. It's the clothing problem. Right. It's a clothes manufacturer's problem. Mm -hmm. However, seeing all this clothes that we wear we wash and dry, we create those, you know, microplastics and it's, we're using synthetic um, materials in our warehouse. Mm -hmm. And now it used to be all cotton in the past. Now synthetic right. and man-made material came in. So these go and wash out and then eventually these go flow into oceans. And in oceans, as you know, um, the fish consumption, the fish uh, eat these and then come back to us by with the fish that we, and it goes into our mainstream. So it's, if you look at the cycle, um, it's huge. Um, there are other factors that create this microfibers, but we are, as an appliance manufacturer, we took the responsibility at least to, to look at what we can do um, and then uh, attacked on the uh, clothes, clothing industry because we know from also drying when, you, when all those fibers are coming out, the same thing is coming out during washing because there's a greater mechanical action mm -hmm. inside the washing machine when the washing action is taken. 
So we're circulating the water. Um, we're taking that fiber um, fibers out. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, every cycle, you know, it comes up in grams, but if you add it up, it's too much. So uh, we hear information from here and there that our kids or everybody has in their bloodstreams, you see, you see the microfibers. So anything to eliminate this going forward for the future generations will be our responsibility. Um, so far, the final tests are going. We started selling the product in Europe, by the way, but it has to be a complete cycle. We cannot really have that microfiber filter to be thrown to the garbage. We have to find a way to recollect them and reuse them to somewhere else and control the, uh, the dumping of it. So that whole system needs to be developed here as well. Wow. So it's going to come. It's going to. There are some states in the U.S. that are for forcing this or enforcing the commercial clothing right now. Um, it's going to start, and then I like the electrification uh, movement. I think there will be a more focused on environmental in the U.S. issues, and then these issues will help and will force all manufacturers to come up with very creative ideas. So it's not done yet. We're not right. done yet. All I want to say is, you know, we use uh, top load washers that have been maybe uh, made normal since 56 years ago, but it's their main main uh, duty was just to wash. So we're now going to the protection of the environment, protection of our resources. Yeah, I mean, and that that's the thing. That's what's at the heart of this, right, is is that it, it's a sustainability message, but one that it, it like to hear your, the way you talk about it and how important it is, it's it's very apparent that it's at the core of what Becco's doing. And that, I think, yeah. is what I mean, I've grasped onto and, and has stuck with me the years of knowing the brand is just seeing how important it is top to bottom you know, throughout the the entire every brand, you know, under the Archlick banner, to you know what you guys are doing, and and it's, I mean, inspiring. It's a, I, you know, it's, it's a it's company cool to hear. culture. Yeah, it's, it's a company culture. Yeah. Um. Uh. Even though you know, I can tell you from my um, plant years, um. Uh. We had uh, we had air conditioners. Then we removed the air conditioners from the huge plants. What we realized that, um, on the assembly line, when you uh, direct air to people's feet. When they get the coldness in their feet, the, the, the feeling of being cold is coming from the feet <laughs> so that they work much comfortably instead of having cooling the whole environment. So that was a very nice uh, difference, differentiator. Everybody was very happy with that. So uh, we were kind of pushing um, the cold air downwards to their feet because cold air stays and then in the huge environment that yep. you always you're kind of cooling the environment only you need it you don't need to cool the whole thing <laughs> so those kind of ideas that came in engineering that was um, added um, um, so again environment is just one we are only given this environment where eight billion people in the in the whole environment globally so we every manufacturer every brand owner have to do their own part well, I, I want to bring it full circle because this is something, you know, I, I think retailers listening can, you know, can and should be able to leverage this type of messaging in, in what they're doing. So I, I almost want to throw it to you and ask, you know, in, in talking in, in, in conversations you've had with retailers, what are you telling them? What is that message on how they can sort of turn what you're doing around and leverage it, you know, with their customers and in their communities? So, um, very good question, um, Rob. I have to tell you, it's not easier to to adopt this cultural change. Um, uh, we are in a society, and I can do back and forth comparison that nobody cared about the gas gas prices here compared to where all in Europe 
everybody was, you know, wondering and looking at the pump level numbers. <laughs> but it has changed, and it's going to change even more. Um, nobody was caring about their energy bills, how much kilowatts that they're using, how much their home is using, but it will change. So um, the change will come from the necessities, from the needs. So we just want to be ready um, by when that change comes. And uh, we're focusing our messaging, all of our, our technological advancements. We're marrying up the, 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 the details that in our products to the sustainability. Anything that it comes with health and wellness um, concept in our products is tied up with the sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, again, going back to Everfresh, yes, it keeps the fruits and vegetables up to 30 days fresh. You're not traveling all the time to the grocery stores. You don't have to use the gas, gas that much. You don't have to spend your time that much. And you can, uh, you're eliminating the um, throwing away the foods away. So everything is if in a circular way. It's sustainability. Now, as I said earlier, packaging is the com complete another story because everybody, you know, they love to get the new appliances, but nobody can take care of the packaging. So that area, and then whomever solves that problem equation together with the um, inside of the product will be a major differentiator. And we at Beko believe that um, Beko will be one, if not one of the first companies to do so in the U.S. market very soon. No, that, that's awesome, and and I love it because it's one that you know, it's cool to hear, especially in a in a time when you think about what's important to younger generations and where you know their attention is, what they pay attention to, and Definitely. where their values are, and all. You know, read any article you want. The the things that come up are sustainability, the health and wellness, all that sort of stuff. So this is, um, you know, you talk about a cultural shift. It it, it could come soon with these generations that are up and coming and, and where they, they put their priorities. So awesome to see that uh, it, it's been something that has been not just with this generation, but many previous generations, a, a, a major priority for Becco and, and everything that you guys have going on. So uh, awesome conversation. One that, you know, I continue to, to find uh, so much inspiration in and, and love talking to you guys about. So to be able to share it here on the podcast has been a lot of fun. Um, Thanks. Yeah, Sazzy, I appreciate it. We'll, we'll be catching up for sure down the road, and uh, you know, seeing where you guys are going. Look, look forward to following all the innovation, you know, in the products and, and what you guys have coming, um, and seeing you, you know, at a prime time before we know it, and and elsewhere. Yep. Thank you, Rob, and it's been really a pleasure um, to be here and to be with you. Uh, more innovation is coming on its way, so um, I'll be happy to talk further on further opportunities. We will be keeping our eye out. And All right. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Thank Very you. good. Thank you. All right. And thanks to Sazi again for taking the time and sharing the, the Becco story and the Archelic story and um, diving into it with us. Like I said at the, at the top, it's just such a cool and inspiring story that, um, you know, I appreciate the, the work that they're doing. Um, to, to from end to end, from how the products are built to the, the work that they do, and um, you know, making it such a, a an impactful message that I think is one that uh, is fun to follow, and and you know, you could tell that they truly care about. So appreciate uh, him taking the time, and as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.